0: everybody's told tell me i can't do it I'm, I'm not the fastest i'm not the biggest i'm not the strongest so what i did was every night i would go in and i would literally visualize i know this sounds so corny a red line going across my face and it just saying quitter now people go well okay what's that mean eventually i would get married to my beautiful wife which i did eventually i would have two amazing children and eventually i would have to tell them I was a quitter. I was a bell ringer. And I was like right then and there. That's how I I decode that and say, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Now, in the same sentence, failure is not an option is one of the silliest things I've ever heard, sir. I fail every day. I just don't quit.
1: everybody. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I am your host, Ben Pakulski. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is another great one. Ray Cash Care joins me today. Ray is a retired Navy SEAL veteran. Upon leaving the SEALs, he turned his passion for ultimately hard work and excellence into self-improvement and team building. Ray is now a founder of the business Conquer which is a leadership and team-building program designed to push you physically, mentally, and emotionally for ultimately all individuals who want to break through personal barriers. Between his experience in the SEAL teams and ultimately being featured on TV across the country, Ray has become an expert on mindset team-building and now leads the Modern Day Night program with our friend, Bedros Kulian, a multiple-time guest on the show and the co-founder of a program called the Squire Program for Fathers and Sons. Uh, today's podcast gets into things like why Ray will quote unquote never make it. Ah, isn't that sometimes an inspiration when you hear those words? Uh, I know that hit home a time or two uh, in my life, and ultimately the journey to becoming a Navy SEAL and overcoming the mental limitations that so many of us incur, and all the wisdom along the way. How Ray. Set up his mind, his body, and his soul to do something incredible and how you can to ultimately make an impact on the world. You need to make an impact on yourself first. You guys hear me talk about this all the time. If you want to lead your business, lead your family, you got to lead yourself first. And so many of us put ourselves behind our family and sometimes behind our, our business. And while that is you know, sometimes viewed as an honorable thing, if you don't lead yourself first, you're not leading anybody ultimately. Take care of yourself first, put on your own mask first, and then you have a better opportunity to lead from the front. People hear nothing of what you say and see everything that you do. So thank you so much to Ray for joining me today to inspire us, to motivate us. And thank you to our sponsor for today, Organifi. organifycom slash muscle is the place you can go right now or as soon as this podcast is done to get hooked up with an incredible line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with the highest quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. Organifi chose the highest quality plant-based ingredients for optimal health and performance and ultimately to help you support daily optimization through detoxification, through energizing your body uh, in a product that are free of fillers, 100% organic and free of glyphosate. You know, that gets my stamp of approval. Um, Each superfood blend is easy to use and mixes incredibly well. And I'll say is remarkably delicious. They're not just like, oh, this is pretty good. I actually had their chai Um, morning beverage this morning. I'm not even sure what it's called, to be honest. It was was a chai kind of coffee replacement product. I apologize for not knowing the name, but if you go on their website, you'll see their chai product and it's absolutely delicious. You're going to love it. I've actually been using it to replace coffee in the morning because it kind of has that same consistency and a beautiful, delicious, just the right amount of sweetness uh, that I really, really enjoy in the morning. On top of currently taking my Organifi greens and reds, which I take every day, I also add a few other beautiful ingredients in there. So I make sure that I'm getting all my nutrients for the day, mixing organified greens and reds. I also will occasionally take the organified gold before bed. It seems to really calm me down. It seems to be good for my immune system. It's got some turkey tail mushrooms, some reishi mushroom in there, which you know are very, very good for our immune system. They've also got an incredible vegan protein product. So if you're someone who's looking to get some additional protein that tastes delicious from a vegan form, that's uh, a great way to do it and ultimately. Um, support this amazing product and their, and their amazing mission. So thank you, ladies and gents. Uh, one more time, that's com slash muscle. they get hooked up with 20% off your entire order. They've got these products and so many more. Don't miss your chance and enjoy this podcast with Ray Cash Care. Mr. Ray Cash Care, Navy SEAL, legend in the Navy SEAL
0: community. Um, it's absolutely an honor, sir. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, sir. I'm a big fan. We just had that conversation. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. And so, as I said, I've heard of you through the the
1: project, the the endeavor that you are part of with our friend, Beatrice Coolian to ultimately help men. I'm, again, I don't think it's just a matter of working hard. I think it's like the discovery of who you are. That's really what I uh, took interest in. Why I took interest in having you on the show is, is it's not just about like you know working hard that's a big part of what you guys do but what really interests me is the introspective nature of kind of what i always say is, is like exploring the outside the boundaries we set in our minds right so when someone comes to you guys at the project they've come in and lived inside this little box this little circle of comfort for their entire life and you guys are literally kicking literally and figuratively kicking them out of the box and uh, that's really what I wanna explore with you today, right, is is what does that look like for those guys? What are you trying to get out of them? And ultimately, maybe what do they discover at once they've kind of started to explore what exists outside the box? But before we do that, I wanna dive into your personal journey because you've got an incredible one. I've watched a lot of videos that you're with you speaking and about you. And uh, I love the story behind how, why you decided to become a Navy SEAL. So if you're open to that, I'd love to hear you share.
0: Sure, so Baltimore native just kind of grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. Literally my whole life, I've just been told you're not going to amount to anything. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You know as well as I do that a man can do two things. He can either start self-sabotaging by absorbing that negativity and or he can eventually start creating self-success. I was looking for a challenge. I was a very angry young man. My father died and was murdered when I was 11. Did not take well to that at all. Became very angry. A lot of you know, just the unknown of what happened with him. So that, then I didn't started taking my aggression into the, the fitness uh, world, started working out at a young age, um, really excelled in lifting weights, even though it was a small guy, a little guy compared to you. We took it to the football field, wrestling mat, but I, I was still missing something. I just felt like I had a higher calling, a purpose. Truth be told, I was getting into a lot of trouble when I was was going to a community college and I was going nowhere fast, or I'm not going to be. I'm not going to bullshit. I was going nowhere fast. I was, I was taking a one-way ticket to jail if I didn't straighten my shit up. I decided to go look at the military for different avenues. Uh, and I did. I, I actually went in and I looked, uh, truth be told, I looked at uh, Air Force, I looked at Marines, and then looked at Navy. Navy was my last choice. I did not want to be um, in the Army. Uh, just wasn't really interested in doing the Army thing. I was looking at, I didn't even know what the hell a Navy SEAL was. That was, what was so neat about it. But I took my ASVAB test, uh, which is you need a combined score of like mechanical, it's an aptitude test to see how you do it. And I suck at taking tests. I just suck. I do. And literally once I got my scores back, it really narrowed my options. <laughs> so spec ops wasn't even in the, in the ballpark. But when I went into the Navy recruiter's office, I'll never forget it. There was a pamphlet, and it said, "Become an elite warrior." And I like that word "elite" a lot. You know, I've always wanted to try to be better, bigger, better, faster, stronger in every aspect that I can of being a man. And I started looking at this pamphlet, and I was, I was looking. These guys were like huge. They like, you know, they had the helmets on, and they were jumping over walls and jumping out, you know, planes. And I was like, ah. Oh, this is it. And it hit me. It hit me like a, like just getting punched in the face. I was like, This is what I'm going to do. And I kid you not, sir. I told the recruiter, This is what I'm going to do. All five foot seven, 163 pounds. I mean, he said, They'll never make it, which it seems to be, you know, the narrative of my life. Everybody's saying you're not going to make it. So I joined boot camp. I didn't have the test, the scores to even become a SEAL, but that's what I want to do. I saw. The picture. I said, that's what I'm going to do. I had a plan. Dive your plan, plan your dive. So I I, I got stationed, went to boot camp, Great Lakes, went off to uh, Washington State doing something called neutral duty, which is really unique. Um, I went out on the boat during a day and I came back, which enabled me time, which is a precious commodity to train. When everybody else was screwing around and drinking and chasing and boozing and whatever else they do, I was up early, I get my work in, and then I was working late. I know I tell this story a lot, but I had to wait one year to retake my ASVAB. That's kind of, you know, the minimum to come back. And I busted my ass <laughs> standing in front of Petty Officer Cochland, He's like a legend in my eyes. He really helped me. Um, I missed it by one point. One point I didn't have the the com- combined uh, mechanical and um, arithmetic. I didn't have it. I missed it by one point. And then again. I was like, "Shit!" And everybody I told everybody because everybody, you know, back in the day, you tell everybody, "I'm going to be Navy Seal. I'm going to do this." We didn't have all the social media BS. It was just picking up the phone and calling people. So everybody, all my supporters, were like, "How'd you do?" Even my own mother. I was like, "I missed it by one point." I mean, I was devastated. And everybody just said, "Hey, it's not your calling." And that's where the self worth kicked in because I was like, "Listen, I can either listen to everybody and..." I can wonder what if, or I can do something that I didn't do before. And I asked for external help. So I actually left Petty Officer Conklin's office. I literally went outside and just bawled my eyes out, man to man. I mean, I was fucking devastated. I, I mean, I trained my ass off. I did as much as I could. But you know, as well as I do, being a subject matter expert, sometimes you need to ask for the H word, help. Yeah. So I literally marched right back in there. I'm tear, eyes swollen. He just, he felt bad for me. I said, Petty Officer Conklin, and he's like, what do you got? You know, I was like E1. I said, I need help. Can you help me? He said, I've been waiting for you to say that. He I started taking night classes. Long story short, six months later, I'm standing right back in front of him again, sir. And as God is my witness, I'm staying in at attention. And I'll never forget it. he's he's reading a paper, right? And I'm staying in at attention. He's not even looking at me. And I'm sitting there and I just remember I was sweating. Just had, I was in my dungarees, my, my my Navy outfit, the blues, you know, the dungarees, like you see, sitting there sweating. And he says to me, he doesn't even look up. He goes, How do you think you did? And I said, I don't know. He goes, That doesn't sound like the man that asked for help. How do you think you did? And I said, Well, I hope I pass. And he said, He just looked up at me and he goes, You did? And I didn't know what to do, right? I mean, this is a year and a half of the making, pretty much two years with everything going on. And he said, and I got ready, and he goes, before you ask me anything, it doesn't matter what your score was, what your score goes, right? Because like, I want to know, what what did I score? He goes, and this is something that I hope all the listeners really get in tune with. He goes, it's what you do now that's going to make the difference. He's like, it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if you ace it or you made it by one point, which I honestly think I did between you and I, sir, but he goes, it's what you do now that is going to define you as a human being. I went to Bud's class 200. Um, I graduated. I have it up here. I look at it every day. Uh, Basic underwater demolition SEAL training class 200 presented this 18th day of August, 1995. Between you and I, sir, I can't remember what I had for breakfast three weeks ago, but I can remember that day like it was everything. It was the first thing that I realized that if you set your mind, body, and soul to something, honestly, you can accomplish anything. and. I literally just took what I learned from there and I applied it to my three battlefields of life. My battlefield, which is my internal struggle, my business field, which is his work, and my home field, which is with my family. And it is making me a better human being and I'm trying to make an impact on the world. But the only way that I could do that is if I had to impact myself first. I had to, I had to, I had to go through the journey and make sure that it could be accomplished. Just like you know, your journey of climbing in the fitness world. I don't want to hear about how awesome it is to be a Navy SEAL. The real story is how hard was it? How many reps did you do? How many, you know, when no one was looking, running into work at three o'clock in the morning, it's making that sacrifice that I think has defined me as a human. And I'm not going to lie to you, sir. I'm 50 years young. I am I tell everybody, and I know who I'm talking to here in the fitness world. I've said the same thing to heard, and I just told you I talked to Andre Rush. Um, I'm going to be in the next Jack LaLanne. I am going to be 85 years old, in my tracksuit, pulling stuff with my teeth, juicing, and I'm going to live forever. And I'm going to instill positivity, um, drive, discipline, desire, and motivate people because no one did that for me. So I want to be used as that outlet to help people.
1: Yeah. Ray, that's awesome. And so you, really what I want to dig into there is what, what kept you going, right? So I know that it was hard and like we all know hard and, and hard is varying. There's varying levels of hard. And right. I'm curious, you know, I, I think you going back to your dad. I'm sure that was a driving factor for you. The anger that was there, the rage I often and I'm sure you and I agree on this, just like I believe everyone has that in them, but it's just it's extinguished when we're young. It's like your kids are told you're not allowed to be aggressive. You're not allowed to be, uh, you know, assertive. You have to be this. You have to live inside the proverbial box. So I'm curious what it was that allowed you to keep that flame going, to keep fanning that flame of aggression, of of drive, of all these primal things that I think we all uh, in- intentionally try to repress, or society tells us we need to repress. But in reality, I think it's it's our gift. I tell everyone like that shadow, that anger, that rage is your gift when you learn how to control it. And so I'm curious how you learned how to control it to accomplish your goals.
0: Well, what I, I there's two things that I did, and one, and I actually Bedros cool, And our, our mutual friend, is the one who helped me shift it. But the one thing that I did that that fueled and raged, uh, that fueled my rage, was this: I was doing everything to prove people wrong, mm-hmm. which I came to terms about three years ago when I met Pedro's. We met we met at a, an event and literally the minute we met there was just this connection. So kind of like when I met my wife. I met my male version of my wife yes. and so much in common and he looked at me and I remember I we were having a drink and he goes, dude, can I say something I don't know I don't know much about you you know he goes, I, I know who you are. He goes, and this is what he said on every is stop doing shit to prove people wrong and start doing shit to prove yourself right. And I'll tell you this right now, sir. It was like somebody hit a switch and I was like, oh, now that that rage and the anger and my father dying and, you know, not being told I was loved and I was worthless. I just took that energy, that rage, and I just channeled it. Obviously, I don't know how, but through the right direction. And I used, you know, aggression can be a good thing. Being a savage. That's the thing. People mistake in passion for being a savage. People go, "You man, you're a savage." No, I'm not. I'm the most passionate person in the room. I'm grateful, not greedy. And what I do whenever something gets hard, I don't look up at all. The I love me walls. I literally do a visual, a visual drill. I'm big into visualization. And what I do is, I know this sounds silly. Is I will literally look into the mirror. And I did this all through buds. And I have like my one, three, five, and lifelong plan. And when I was going through Buds, I was like, everybody's going to tell me I can't do it. I'm I'm not the fastest. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. So, what I did was every night I would go in and I would literally visualize, I know this sounds so corny, a red line going across my face and it just saying quitter. Now, people go, well, okay, what's that mean? Eventually, I would get married to my beautiful wife, which I did. Eventually, I would have two amazing children. And eventually i would have to tell them that i was a quitter i was a bell ringer and i was like right then and there that's how i that's how i decode that and say no i'm not i'm not going to do that now in the same sentence failure is not an option is one of the silliest things i've ever heard sir i fail every day i just don't quit right i mean i have whiteboards have you know for my family my fitness my finances and faith and my goal in life is all i try to do is be one percent better Obviously, in per- a perfect reality would be in every one of those categories, but you both know as well, you know as well as I do, um, there are days where you're up, there's days when you're down, life's going to throw curveballs at you, but I always do that. I do visu- visualiz- visualization drills, and I'm really big on what we call AARs, after action reports. I do them with myself. I have notes with everything. I journal, um, and... But to go back to it, I just was doing it to prove everybody wrong. Everybody that said you're not big enough, you're not fast enough, my, you're not smart enough—that one bothers me a lot. Um, people used to tell me having a great attitude and giving everything you have isn't enough, and I disagree. Um, you know, I believe in the team analogy: trust, effort, attitude, mission. Trust takes time. Like you don't know me that well, but maybe if we hung out, there we would develop a trust. Effort, you know. This is what I tell you. You know me. I don't give hundred percent. Like if you and I give hundred percent in the gym, you're throwing up a lot more weight than me. It's okay, but I'm going to give you everything I have and then give you more. Like if you and I, and again, when I work out with someone, and you know as well as I do, whenever you're training with someone, it always turns into a friendly competition. I do it with Bedros. I've no. done it with Chef. I've done it with Michael Hearn. Yep. and this is what I tell people. This is all I want to know. When I leave that room, even at your level of fitness, I want you to go. Damn, that guy came and he worked, and he he made me go somewhere else. That's all it's about, right? And it's not a it's not a dick measuring contest. No. It's a rite of passage, showing you, listen, man, I have put out, and I want to show you what I'm capable of, right? And I want to do it in a smart fashion. But you know, I want you to also know I'm there though, because Think about it. If the only thing I can do is get in the gym with you, if I come prepared and I'm, you know, and I know my exercises and my form's good and and I'm putting out, you know, you know, my body weight, 205 pounds and percentage that I'm doing. right then and there, you're going to be like, that's going to leave an impression, right? Like that guy came to work versus imagine if I came to train with you late, right? Um, Dehydrated. Looking like shit. Went out the night before drinking. Right then and there, that's probably my one shot that I just lost to get to get to work out with you. Yeah. And that's how I approach everything in life. With everything yeah. I do, I call it aggressive competition
1: with uh, a significant dose of humility. Right. So, like, I want healthy competition. I create this amongst my team. It's like I want to Like, I'm going to try to kick your ass, and I hope you try to kick mine. And that makes us better. And if you beat me, I'm shake your hand. And if I beat you, I'm sure you're gonna shake mine. So it's the degree of like, and I wanna go as hard as we both possibly can with a huge, a humble dose of humility, you know? That's that's the way I always frame. And I think, I think people who rise to the top always realize it's not about knocking others down. It's like, I want you to show up at your absolute best. And if you beat me, great. Next time I'm gonna get better. And I think
0: most people don't take that mentality. You know, I'm not a sore loser, I'm a sore learner. Meaning I don't lose because I'll never quit. Yep. But I will learn from you. And I like, that's like, if I go and you give me advice, I'm going to come back and say, let's do it again. Right. And that's, and I always welcome challenge. I, yesterday I was doing a live, a guy was like, push up challenge right now. And I'm like, okay, i that because, yes, I got you know, you, i got time, let's do it. And what did I do? I beat him. It's okay. And when people always ask me, like, how many reps can you, I love that. How many, what's your max reps and bench? I'm like, this is what I always tell people, especially with push ups, I do one more they're like, what do you mean one more? I'll do one more than you. <laughs> they're like, how is that possible? That's just my mindset. I, people compete with me all over the country. I get called out all the time. Let's do push-ups, Okay, let's do it. And here's what's so great about it. Eventually, I will be beat. And when I do get beat, I'm just going to go back to the, the drawing board. I'll remember who that person is. I'll respect the hell out of them. But I'll tell them just like I tell you, I'm going to be back. Yeah. So I think what most people at home
1: right now are thinking, Ray, is like you're already there. You've you've pushed through years and years of, you know, ultimately discovering what you're capable of and you're sustaining it. And what I really want to dig into is how you got there. So I'm gonna guess when you first started training for buds, that you weren't there yet. Like your your fitness wasn't anywhere near where it is now. Um, and I'm curious what that mental sensation was like, what that physical sensation was like. To just start taking the first step, right, and like, and when when the first struggles did come up, when the self doubt did come up, what was the what was the dialogue going on in your mind?
0: Well, it, it was it, it it was an internal struggle at the beginning because truth be told, I was not a good swimmer. Obviously, you want to become an ABC, you have to learn how to swim. Truth be told, I'm still not. I can swim, and I power through the water. Right, you know as well as I do. Form is key. Yeah. I literally threw the fucking form method out the window and just like, okay, I gotta swim four miles. I'm gonna swim four miles. <clears throat> How did it look at the beginning? It was probably the most humbling thing I've ever been through, the most uncomfortable experience I've ever been to. When I'm watching, you know, I was never a big guy, but I've always been a fit guy. When you're like, oh, you gotta do the, you know, the max push-ups, max sit-ups, max pull-ups, a so run and swim and then and do that. I got my ass handed to me. But and the internal dialogue was This is what I said. Well, shit, you can't be any worse because I was horrible, you know, Um, and that's what I think a lot of people, that's what this this decides which route you're going to take, right? I'm looking at two screens. The one that goes, holy shit, when I first started off, I only did 52 pushups. And then I could say, well, shit, I'm never going to make it. Or what I did was the internal dialogue was, okay, 52 pushups. How am I now going to get to 100 pushups? And the same thing happened. I read, you know, we didn't have all the Stu Smith books. We didn't have all the Jeff Nichols books. We didn't have all the stuff. You couldn't go up and ask a Navy SEAL questions. They'd be like, beat it, Roach. So uh, I found the next best thing I could. And I asked for external help. I was at my first duty station. There were Navy divers. And, you know, the, the program is similar, but obviously one's a little bit more not as strenuous. But I was like, hey guys, I want to be a Navy SEAL. And they're like, oh, Navy SEAL, blah, blah. And I took the ridicule and I took the beating and I became what's called a mud pup where they, you know, they pick one of the one or two of the best people that come in and let you work under their under their realm and teach you the ways. <laughs> but the dialogue, it, it was it was fucking horrible. Um, I, I was literally, um, and there was a lot of times where I was self sabotaging um telling myself you know maybe you should just listen to everybody else maybe you should just do this maybe you should do that but then as i looked around i noticed that there were people that had been in the military twice as long as me and all they did was bitch and moan. and all they did was complain about how miserable they were but then when i asked them what were they doing to make things better they gave me a look of like they were appalled that i asked that i was like wait a minute so you're not happy with where you are you're not you're not happy with your fitness you're not happy with your mindset But in the same sentence, when I ask you a question, you're not doing anything to fix it. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to be that guy, right? I have established that I, and the first thing about, you know, being humble is know know what you suck at, right? Know what you suck at. And the thing is, is whatever I suck at, that's the first thing I attack. What does most people do that are one dimensional? Like they're great at doing one thing. So what do they do? That one thing. My thing is, is I want to be well-rounded. I want to be three-dimensional, right? Physical, mental, emotional. I want to be solid. So what I do one of my favorite exercises, man, I like to do burpee pull-ups. I can go to the gym with a bunch of meatheads in the gym. I can go to the a solemn with the, the, the guys that are 260, and I'll stand at a pull-up bar and say, can I get a set in? They're like, yeah, good, little man. And I'll do 10 burpee pull-ups, and they're like, yeah, you can have it. I'm like, yep. <laughs> but the same thing, you know, we'll go over the squat rack. I remember I, I I did an interview with Mark Bell. <laughs> and Mark Bell, I sent him a video of me squatting six hundred pounds, and he goes, "That's adorable." And I was like, "Why <laughs> did I send Mark Bell?" A- <laughs> he's like, "That's a group. you know my squat record." And I was like, "Yeah, I do," but I thought you'd appreciate this. He's like, "This is adorable," <laughs> but awesome. my point is, is it's this that mindset? Like, I challenge people. Like I love, I love being beat at things. That's that's where I I think I've most people aren't like that. Most people hate being beat. I love being beat at shit. As long as when I'm beat, there's a lesson, right? Like if I went to the gym and you said, hey Ray, you know, if you just moved your foot out or did this or did this or did this and all of a sudden I saw an increase, I'd be like, hey, I'm coming back and I'm going to show you how much better I've got. Am I going to even if I'm never going to catch you in that squat, your legs are the size of Nebraska. Does it matter? Right. I'm still coming for you, and that's what needs to happen with everybody. These you've got to go out and get it.
1: So, Ray, one thing that comes to mind is thick skin. The term thick skin. It sounds like you're you're willing to take the beatings, take the lashings, take the take the, the losses. We'll say the defeats, and still come back. How much do you think your childhood, the challenges you faced in your childhood, helped you develop thick skin? It sounds like a lot of guys like you, and I don't want to put myself in the same category, but similar, uh, from a perspective of like, I think I took some beatings as a kid and, and physically and, and otherwise, right? Uh, mentally. There's a lot of challenges, man. So then when I go out into a world like this where everyone's complaining about how shit's hard, I was like, What the fuck are you talking about? This is a gift. This is amazing. So I'm curious how you're if that if that's one of the things you think is
0: um associated with your current mental resilience. I, I wouldn't beat half the man I wasn't if I was. If my father wasn't murdered, if my mother didn't treat me the way she did, if I would have been more of a gifted athlete, um, I would not have been the man I am. I actually, and I this sounds horrible. I will just let me finish. I'm actually grateful. I know that, sound, that sounds That sounds. I mean, like people that have had the same backgrounds, they understand, right? If you don't, you're like, oh my god, you're saying you're you're glad your father's murdered? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that all those. Those bumps, all those traumas, all that PTSD made me the man I am. It gave me the mental fortitude to say, fuck it, man. You've you've been here before. That's what I say all the time. My mindset is, I always talk about attacking the hill, but the internal dialogue that I say everywhere I go, like, doesn't matter what, as I say, five foe, fuck it, fuck you. Now, that's not to you. That's not to you, sir. That fuck it is like, Ray, listen, we've been here before. Fuck it, we're, we're here, let's do this. And the fuck you is, that's what I say to that, right? Because remember, men have, what was it? 60,000 thoughts, 48,000 of them were negative. That inner voice turns into the inner bitch. That's what I say to that inner bitch. I'm like, fuck you, man. I am not going to let you control who I am. And when I do that, yeah, I'm a little bit more aggressive, and passionate than most people, yeah. but I have a lot more to be aggressive and passionate about. I had a shitty. I had a shitty childhood. I embrace it. Um, I welcome it. I actually, for the longest time, I didn't talk about. it. Pedro's helped me, you know, talk about it, share it. Because what I've learned is, I'm not alone. And there's a lot of men. Again, I know people always ask me, "What about women? I've been married for 16 years, Ben. I don't know shit about women. <laughs> that's why I focus on my area of expertise: men and and young men. Um, I have a daughter that's 13. You know, what's going on with that? <laughs> Just leave it there. So my point is, is yes, um, that did help create, like people go, you're a monster. I'll take it. I would rather be this this mental monster than I see these people sitting on the sidelines waiting for the coach, right? The symbolism of life to they're waiting to win something or they're waiting for a free pass or there are no fucking free passes. Yeah. People need, people need turmoil in their life to- mm-hmm. To come above, rise above. So Ray, you said you said earlier that you don't
1: classify yourself as a savage, and maybe it's like a nuance of, of the definition of the word. But I think I think being a savage, or at least having the ability to be a savage, is something that it's it's uh, I think it's aspirational. I think most people are told from the time you're a child that don't do that, don't act out. And to be honest, Ray, the reason I believe that you are the who you are is because you know that you can and yet you choose not to, right? I think that's what truly sets apart people who um, ex- excel. Like if you're if you're attacking the hill, as you say, or if you're attacking whatever's in front of you, and you have to go to that darkness inside of you, you have to go to that what we'll call focused savagery. The fact that it's there, it's like a tool in your tool belt. You're like, I don't choose to use that all the time, but when I need it, it's there. I truly believe that's your power. man. you can walk into any circumstance in life, and you don't have fear because you know what you're capable of. And I think every child, man, even probably woman, deserves the ability to develop that and realize that it's in every one of us.
0: Now, in layman's terms, and I love I love the way you put it. It's very eloquent. It's this. I have a lot of PTSD, darkness, trauma. I, I can go to that different place. But here's what most people do. They try to kill that dark place. You can't. You can't right. outrun, shoot, move. You can't outlift it. You can't do anything. Right. What I've learned how to do, and this is my million dollar secret, I told this. he's like, I love it, is I've learned how to name, claim, and tame it. It's a beast. I respect it. It respects me. Case in point, right? I'll give you an example of, of dark side. I used to drink a lot. I don't drink a whole lot now. Um, I might have one casual drink because I know what I'll turn into. I once had a New Year's Eve party about six years ago. My daughter, and I wasn't a bad drunk. I'm not, I'm just loud. Obviously, sick. and my my daughter at the time was like, Daddy, I'm very disappointed in you. And she's like, I didn't like the way you acted around me. And this was at a New Year's Eve party. I have never I have not had a drink in front of my daughter since then. Because I, even though my daughter's 13 now, she's like, Daddy, you can have a beer. I won't do it mm. because I am not going to give that beast any room, right? I will use that for other sit Now, if I'm out with Pedros. And we have an Uber. If we're speaking, I'll have a drink. But if I'm driving, not a drink. I was like, no. I have learned to, have to claim that. I've dealt with a lot of physical abuse as a child. I use that pain when the time comes. When I'm going through something hard, I remember the beatings I used to took. And and that's, I just literally it goes from here because I keep it all in here. I keep it right in here, and it just it's like a monster that's swirling. It comes up to here and it says, "Listen, you've been through worse shit." And it goes right back down and my heart starts pumping faster and i'm like i'm here but that's the problem is people try to avoid and run from it you cannot run those dark places man. and i we and everybody has them you have them i have them i compartmentalize them is what i know yeah. i know when to use them and it's taken a lot of time um i've messed up i've lost my cool at the wrong times but as we get older we have to learn how right we practice right um we create that muscle memory and when to use it and when not to. And I don't abuse it. I don't abuse it. I only use it when it's when it's absolutely necessary. And yeah. I feel that if more people try to take that approach with the dark place, the internal struggle, they would see a lot more growth in whatever yeah. it is they do. I think, Ray, my, the way that what
1: comes to mind is it's a familiarity thing. So sometimes if you're going into a dark place and you're not familiar with it, you're afraid of it, right? And and so I'll give you an example. It's very, very close to me right now. Uh, in, in my entire life, I would have never told you that I've ever felt what it means to be depressed. I'm always a very happy guy, very outgoing, uh, and I always feel great, great mental resilience. For, what, for reasons I won't mention today, pro- a few months ago, probably around Christmas time, New Year's time, I felt for, I woke up one day and I felt what I thought was well, the closest thing I could relate it to as far as my my understanding was 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 a glimpse of depression and I was like what is this what 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 is this thought what's happening in my brain right now it was it was like almost apathy I had never experienced this before I'm like what's going on right now and in that moment I wasn't sure how to deal with it I was like what's happening I'm taking inventory of the situation I'm like why is this happening what's happening what am I going to do about it and so that was very new to me I'd never experienced that before in my life and so I have my strategy for dealing with something that comes up and I was like, don't know what this is. Don't know why this is here. What do I do? I'm curious what yours is. So when when you reach a situation in life where you're like, man, this is hard. Um, do you have a, a default of like, hey, this is what I do when I'm going to a place mentally that I feel challenged? An example, I'll tell you what I did in that case, just, just to kind of give you a little clarity on where I'm get, going to. It's like, I move my body, right? I say, okay, when I'm when I'm feeling this way, the way out of a negative thinking loop spiral that just keeps going and going and going for me is like I need to move, I need to train, I need to run, I need to do something that's hard and change my physiological state, change my psychological state. And I'm curious if you have something like that that's your path out of those those
0: loops. Yeah, and it's it's very similar. So whenever I'm feeling that, and I have ups and I have downs, right? Depending on you know as we're older, hormone, anything, anything can happen, right? Yep. Triggers. Emotional, mental. Um, what I like to do is I try to first analyze this, what's going on. Right? I tried because I'm pretty in tune with myself, and it's it's the three step uh, decision making process. Ask what is going on, make a decision on what I need to do, and then here's the big one: take action. Mm-hmm. And I am just like you. Um, if I sit around too long, the thoughts start taking over. Right? Like I am. I can't even sit and watch a movie. Um, and that's just how I'm wired. I don't know if it's from the, the trauma that with with my childhood, with war, with this, but I am not a stationary person. I am not. During the days, if I'm feeling like that, same thing. I've got some weights over here, I've got two kettlebells sitting right over here, I could show you. I'll drop down and do some pushups. For me, it's about getting the blood pumping. And my mindset is I need to get that negative blood out and get the fresh blood pumping, just like you said. So I have to do something active. I mean, even if it's as little as I'm having a bad day at work, I, I might just go grab my wife and say, hey, let's go for a two-mile walk, but we have a little dog, and we take the dog for a walk, and I just need to get out and get that heart rate going, embrace life, say, I'm alive, and just get the thought process, wherever I was at, right? Now, I'm trying to move that, that that throttle. I don't like where it's at. I got to move it somewhere else. Um, shifting gears, if you will, is what I do. Yep. So. That is something we have. And I think a lot of people that are like minded like us probably do exactly the same thing, you know. But I'm also a guy that'll get up um, at two or three o'clock in the morning because sometimes, you know, sometimes going to sleep when I can't sleep, that's where I have some problems. Um, And, you know, I'm a 100% disabled vet. And I will get up in the middle of the night and I'll just start writing. I'll just let the fingers go crazy. And next thing you know, I've got. You know i got a book coming out that's what i that's how that book came out i just started writing at night about things not being a navy seal go oh, there's a there's a first um just about my life and before you know it two hours are gone and i'm like whew, i put it down i hit save i get up the next morning and i read it and i make corrections and it's just like journaling or logging so sometimes it's not as it's not even a physical movement it's a, it's a mental movement right just getting something, the thought process going. But I'm like you, 99% of the time, it's my body is saying, hey, I need to do something. I'm too stationary. I don't like this. I don't even like to fuck a stationary bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got a road bike. I like to move. I like to yeah, change, but that's just me. So I agree with you wholeheartedly with that. That's that's what I think more people need to do versus sitting there and dwelling in it, right? They'll, they'll sit there, they know they're not feeling right and they're not doing anything. I'm like, i honestly think you know fitness is a lifestyle i think the more fit you are the more depending on situations the more mentally acute you are with things Mm -hmm. the the quicker you are with with everything it makes you that's why i love fitness it's a lifestyle my whole family's in fitness yeah i think
1: right for me it's 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 stopping to acknowledge that at the core of what we are we're animals and animals that evolved outside and people forget like oh are these civilized animals maybe but ultimately, we, we've evolved to uh, connect with the earth, to to live and, and you know, rise and, and sleep with the sun and move our bodies consistently. And people just don't take the time to acknowledge that, like, because we try to, you know, we try to be civilized and put on the nice clothes and drive the nice cars. But at the end of the day, you're a fucking animal, an animal that needs to be outside, it needs to move, it needs to eat real food. And as people start to acknowledge that, and I hope to to encourage children, like, I think you and I are in the same boat, and that's where I want to shift to, is like, when a child comes up through life isn't taught tools to overcome challenging situations their only outlet is drugs alcohol Prozac you know whatever and all I, th- I think it's our job as as leaders in the in the male community to teach these young humans and i call them angels man because i think every every person is born an angel they're here, they're sent here for a reason or they've come here for a reason and to not be given the coping strategies or the the tools to ultimately become an effective human is not their deficiency, it's the deficiency of us as a society or as a parent. So my intention is to be able to pass on this wisdom that we've acquired going through challenges to these young angels and say, hey, this is what you need when when these things get hard, which they should, don't try to avoid the hard, welcome the hard, just have the skills and the tools and ultimately the mindset to go through the hard. And uh, so, that, you know, that, that's something that you and I have in common. I'd love to have you share so a little bit about the Squire program because that to me is, is maybe the most interesting thing in the world. You know, yes, we can help adults overcome some challenges, but what I really want to dig into is what you guys are doing there with the Squire program. As I believe you said that the youngest is what, 12?
0: 12, with 12 to 16, yeah. So, this was, I'm one of the co-founders with Pedros Koulian on um, the Squire program. It's roughly about a 15-hour um, rite of passage for young men. Because this is what I tell all dads, right? We are, we are. When I look at a man, I say you see a beast, I see a piece of steel, I see a savage, and I see a servant. What we're doing, what our jobs are, are as male role models, is we need to help them shape and then sharpen those blades—the savage and the servant. Right? I'm married. If if you were to get in between me and my wife, or you were coming at my wife in, a, in an aggressive manner, I'm going to step in front of my wife, and you and I will have a physical world or a a verbal altercation. It's not because I'm a savage. Mm. It's because I'm a servant. It's because from the minute I got on my knee, I asked her father for permission. I said, will you marry me? She chose me. So it's my job to serve her for the rest of my life. That's why I do this. And what we need to teach these young men, these young angels, these young warriors, if you will, is number one, dads, 99% of these young men are going to be direct reflections of you. They're sponges. Number two, uh, in our course, we teach We teach these young men the essentials of life. We go old school, right? Case in point, if you are 12 years old or 16 years old, first thing I ask the young men when they show up is, I want you to turn to your father and I want you to do one or two things. The first, I'm going to teach you how to give a proper handshake. And I do, right? Look them in the eyes, make sure there's nowhere else on earth you'd rather be, give them a firm handshake. We talk about that. And then after we do that, then I say, listen, it's also, it's okay to tell another man you love him. Because society says, no, you can't, right? Because if you do that, you're, you're not masculine. No real masculine, real men will cry. Real men will tell another man he loves him and real men will show emotion because that means they're comfortable with themselves. So I make them hug their father because I tell them your father has a thousand other things he could do. But right now, nothing on, nothing else on the earth matters except you and him. Um, we talk about how to treat a lady you're 12 years old, do you have a girlfriend? No, no, Mr. Ray, I don't. Okay. Do you have a mother? Yes, I do. Do you have a sister? Yes. And your job, if your father isn't there, is to open a car door for them. My son used to open a car door for my wife when she was driving. And people are like, that's insane. He's got, no, it's not. We're teaching him valuable lessons to treat a woman with respect, right? I'm a grandfather. I'm a grandfather. And I have opened the car door for my wife since the first day I met her. My daughter, since the first day I wheeled him out of the hospital, and I told my son, you're going to do the same thing. And guess what he does? The same damn thing. We focus on helping these men shape and mold their mindsets, right? Because listen, physical leadership is not enough. You can be a young, strong kid, but you could be the worst leader in the world because leadership is physical, mental, and emotional, right? If you're losing your shit every time you're doing something, people are not going to, they're not going to want to follow you in a battle. You've got to stay calm, cool, and collected. We help men with that. How do we do that? We put them in situations where we use uh, emotional discipline. We put them in the red, we put them in the blue, but then we have to get them back in the green, right? We want to redline them, disassociate them, right? So redline them, I make them super hot, super uncomfortable. I'll put them in the blue, I'll put them in the ice bath. Put them in the ice bath with their father. I have videos going viral right now of between a father and a son, well, not the one be yelling, that was a different one. The one with a father and a son. And it's amazing because I'm checking, listen, the heart rate and stuff, and you'll see the son, right? I'm supposed to be looking at you. He looks at me. I'm like, don't look at me. Look at your father. And because you are feeding off your father and these dads, they love this. And what we're doing is, is we're getting these men battle tested and battle ready for life. We're, we're preparing them. And we're telling them to accept challenge. This is something else I tell young men. Go out and do a physical sport. Put down the damn video games, right? This is not making you a man. Go out, lift weights, do jiu-jitsu, wrestle, do manly things. It's okay to have a a, a developed chest, have some some hair growing under your arms. Because when women develop, right, they grow breasts. And a lot of that, you can see physical changes with men, not so much. Maybe a little mustache, a little hair under the arms and hair down here. So men, it's a little bit more complicated. I, you know, when a woman's developing, sometimes, I mean, there's some guys that won't even grow a mustache and you don't know what's going on with them. So we do that. We want to open the dialogue for a father and son to talk, right? And I always tell dads this, I understand you're busy. You need to have, you need to make time for your family right? Um, every Wednesday night, I have uh date night with my wife. My son's out of the house. I used to have, I call it man time because I'm not going to say date night with my son, but I have man time with my son. Um, I take my daughter out once a week and it doesn't have to be huge things. It can be as little as taking a walk with your family. And your role, even as a son is to, like, here's the example. If I'm, not, if I'm not home, my son is the man of this house. When I'm not home, my son sits in my seat. We have a big table. When my son, me, and my, my father-in-law are there, and my son sits beside me. It's, we teach these young men. There's a couple things that we teach these young. Men. Number one, it's the family, the fitness, the finances, and faith. Family. He needs to know, these young men need to know their roles in this family, what dad's role is, and what mom's role are, and if they have siblings. If you are the next oldest male, you are the man of the house when your father's not home. Number two, fitness. Fitness is three-dimensional. Physical, mental, and emotional. We just talked about that because leaders do three things. They lead, they listen, and they learn. That's what they do, right? They don't, instead of leading, they're not led. Instead of listening, they don't hear because if you're just hearing, you're waiting to talk and they learn, they don't lose because you only lose if you quit. And I already told you, we won't quit. We just fail and we keep trying. So we do this with these men. So we talk about being three-dimensional with the fitness. Finances. We teach young men at 12 to 16 to do this. Number one, get a job. What do you mean, get a job? Go cut long. This GoFund shit that people used to have, they, they, they do, is the most ridiculous thing in the world. You know, I know there's no paper routes. Go cut long. Go ask people if you can wash their cars. There's things that you can do, obviously, in a neighborhood to create money. I do not give my children money for making their beds and doing that. That's their job. I didn't have to buy them that bed people are like, I'll call child services on you. Call child services on me. My daughter's room, if I took you in there right now, she's 13 years old, her room's neat. She gets up and she makes her bed. She keeps her room straight. She respects it. Number two with the, the, the finance is this. Mom and dad are not an ATM machine. They're not. I didn't have any money growing up. I didn't have, you see these kids walking around with all phones and all this crap. We didn't have any of that shit. And we still got it done. I didn't have a phone. I could still find a girl. I didn't have a phone. I jump on my bike. I ride 10 miles and go get an ice cream from the McDonald's that opened up two towns over. We got it done. And last is, with the money is understand the importance of a dollar and what it means. Right. You have to be able to respect the dollar. I didn't do that at an early enough age with my son because I actually adopted him. Um, but I got on his ass real quick. He didn't understand. Oh, it's only this case in point, you see kids at Christmas presents. When they're little, they get all the stuff. When they get older, they get two or three things. They're wondering why their younger, younger sibling got 20 things and they got two things. Well, that's because your two things cost $500, buddy. And her 20 things cost $100, right? So it's about explain. We had to have a conversation with our son. And then what we did is, and the faith is simply this, right? team care, right? Trust, effort, attitude, mission. Trust comes with time. They have to trust the mission of the family. Trust mom, trust dad, trust the internal dialogue of the family. Effort, same thing. Mom and dad's going to give us everything they have. So are you. Effort, okay. Nothing will open or close a door faster in your battlefield, business field, or home field than a good or bad attitude. Case in point, if I'm coming for a job interview, right? When I hired for Banjo Cooling, I showed up three hours early. He said, dude, you're early. I said, shit. I'm mean, already three hours early. I'm like, shit, I'm late. Because if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired for anything, right? And last is mission. And mission is growth. And it's physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. Spiritual right now, we got to be careful with offending people. Spiritual is the ability to believe in yourself to create self-success and growth and stop the self-sabotage and know yourself worth. Um, And when we do this, we create a whole new experience for these families, right? For these young men. And these young men are going out and they're doing things like- they're, you know, do outward down, go out and ride your bicycle, go out and, and play. You remember, listen, you, I'm older than you. You remember the days, man, you were getting in trouble because you went out all day long and played. Your mom would say, be home for dinner. You take your old clock and move it back. And they knew what the deal was or when the lights came, you didn't want to come home because you were out experiencing life, sitting in front of a video game. Doing this is going to do nothing except add unwanted pounds and create what we're dealing with in in America right now is an obesity problem. You know it and I know it. And it's because people sit around too much and do nothing and they need to get up and start talk and start moving. I'm sorry. Yeah. My kids are eight and 10.
1: And uh, the challenge that I find is my kids want to do it, but finding friends that also have the same values has been a challenge. So if his buddies are playing video games, he goes, dad, why can't I play video games? I was like, well, you can, but you got to do this, this, and this first. And then it becomes it becomes a bit of a struggle. It becomes a battle between parent and friend because like, oh, dad needs me to do this, but you know my buddies are doing this, and I don't get to play with my friends. And I can I get the mental struggle there. Like, yeah, I'm demanding on my kids. I want my kids to make sure they check in boxes before they go and do their their um, you know call recreational time. I think that there's a lot of struggles out there for parents. And you know, the more people that we can inculcate into these beliefs, these, these um, you know kind of living rituals, these ways of living. Um, the more we can expand that community, and I think these these people exist. Just a matter of bringing awareness to them and giving them the knowledge and skill set to, to step into you know what ultimately a man should be, and even a, dog, a, gr- a girl should be. Right? There's limitations placed on them by society, as you're just saying. Oh, we have to be careful about offending people. It's, it's these cognitive limitations that creates trepidation. Like, oh, I can't do this. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid, and then, then we start start living in a box. Right? We can't we can't move. I'm afraid to take action, and. And I think we just need to get over it. I think you're going to offend people no matter what you do. And I always say to my kids, laws, you don't break laws, right? L- laws are there. Laws are there for a reason. Don't ever break a law. I was like, rules are meant to be, are meant to be challenged are meant to be bent as long as you're respecting people's feelings. Who else is out there? I wouldn't stop what you do, but always be respectful of other people have, having a difference in opinion or a differing of belief, differing in faith. All those are that, that's, that's great part of life. Diversity is a gift. This has been super, super valuable. I want to be able to direct people back to the Squire program, Ray. Uh, Where's the best place for our listeners out there to find you at either the project and at
0: Squire? So So if you want to find me, the best way to find me is on Instagram, which is at Ray Cash Care. Um, I'm on Instagram. Obviously, I follow you. You follow me. Um, If you're interested in the Squire program, you could just go to www.squireprogram.com. And then if you're interested in our 75-hour fully immersive course, it's simply the slash Ray and there's applications for the two you know for the two programs um, where you can fill out and then you will either be speaking to myself or one of our other instructors and we will walk you through it and we're we're making a difference one human being at a time and we're going to continue to do this and I appreciate you sir taking the time I know you're a busy man um, to help me spread my message um, because I told you before I, I'm never going to stop
1: I love it, man, and I would love to be in the same place at some time to break bread, to get a, to grab a workout, and maybe at some point I'll be there with my son doing the Squire program. It definitely sounds like things that we try to to build into our life. But, but as I say, as a dad experiencing life with young, two young children, there's obstacles. There's definitely obstacles, and unless I'm I'm intentional and I'm doing life on purpose, I can understand. I'm, I'm compassionate to other parents out there who are like, man, my like, kids don't do this stuff. Like I get it. And so I think that's why what you're doing is is an absolute necessity in society, man. So uh, consider me a friend. I'd love to lift up anything you're doing with Bedros, uh, your program and spread it to the world, man. So the more we can do to help you, just say the word anytime, right? When the book comes out, let me know and we'll be back on here. Thank you, sir. I
0: appreciate your time. Thanks, buddy.
1: And that's a wrap, ladies and gents. Thank you very much for joining me here on the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. If you're someone who enjoys spreading the message of fitness, health, and ultimately intelligent living with the world. Share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who will benefit from this information. This podcast grows off your back, off your shares. And ultimately, I'm so, so grateful for you being here. I realize how just busy the world is and how much information is out there, how many opportunities you have to go listen somewhere else. But you chose to be with me here today, and I don't take that lightly. I hope to one day meet you. I hope to one day inspire you. I hope to one day uh, support your mission. Thank you very much for being part of the muscle intelligence community. If you're not already part of our community on Facebook, why don't you head over there now and join that. Join me and my team as we ultimately support your life, support your mission to build a body that you love, ultimately a body that is lean, healthy, and muscular, regardless of how muscular you want to be. If you want to be the biggest, most muscular man in the world, like I wanted to be, or if you want to be like I am now, and just ultimately be able to be strong, lean, and healthy to be able to move well and play with my kids and my grandkids, then that's a great great community. This is a great community for you to be a part of. Ladies and gents, thank you very much. Thank you to Ray Cash Care. And once again, thank you to our sponsor Organifi, Organifi.com slash muscle to get you hooked up with 20% off. Organifi has an incredible line of organic superfood blends with less than three grams of sugar that taste phenomenal. Don't take my word for it. Go over and try it right now. Organifi.com slash muscle. Take care.